Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have a very special guest down at the DMVR bar, Coach Matt McChesney from 6-0 Strength and Fitness. You probably watch him play for the Buffs, play What's in happening? the NFL. A legend. Oh, man. I'll give thanks. it to you. Yeah. A yeah. legend. Legend. <laughs> I try. I try. Um, Henry, this is going to kick ass, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to be on the show and to be just involved with all the Buff coverage and... There's a lot of Dungeon family up there, a lot of kids from 6-0 up, at, up in Boulder. And uh, I look, I, I don't know if I could be more excited for a Buffalo season than I am about this one. I totally agree. I totally agree. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but for those of you who haven't heard yet, Matt's going to be joining me on uh, the Tuesday podcast going forward. It's going to be a lot of fun during camp. We'll talk about camp stuff during the season. We'll be breaking down the last game, getting into the next game. Got some other cool stuff on the way, too. And check out everything else that Matt does, whether it's at DMVR with The Turning Point, with uh, McChesney Unchained, his podcast. Uh, and also, if you're uh, looking to get into football shape, 6-0 Strength and Fitness can't do any better. That's what we do. And, and it's down in Parker. The, uh, the facility is beautiful. We were just down there at 5 a.m. this morning with Douglas County. And then Pint or uh, Palmer Ridge was in there. And then Eagle Crest was in there. And Grandview was in there. And groups of really good players that are going to play all over the country. And they're getting better all morning and watching film and, you know, getting a different side of the game rather than just pushing weight. Uh, so 6-0academy.com is the website mm-hmm. down there. And uh, definitely check that out if you're a parent or a, a kid out there looking for an edge. That's what we do. Uh, you know, we just put Travis Gray in to see you this, mm-hmm. this last week. Big tackle that I've been working with since he was a whipper at 15 years old. So it's pretty awesome to have that happen. And then uh, you mentioned the turning point. We just cut our first uh, turning point for this season last week. You can check that out on DMVR. And then today... Actually, Clint Oldenburg, the uh, the ratings adjuster, the league ratings adjuster for Madden, and he's mm-hmm. one of the uh, gameplay producers. So all the little you know intricacies of the game, that like the the pass rush with the joystick and stuff, that was my <laughs> idea. Uh, but he's he's a great friend of mine. He's I was in a groomsman at his wedding, and he's one of my best friends. Played at CSU, oh. played against each other. And then we actually played with each other on offense with the Jets and the Broncos in the league. So he was on today talking about the new Madden game and some of the little, you know, ins and outs of that. So any of you Madden heads out there, make sure you listen to 121 today, uh, McChesney Unchained. Definitely tune into that. Uh, Before we dig into the buff stuff, though, a couple more words about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. That's a new rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. 
they've got a bunch of cool things going right now, even though it's the off season. Uh, there's a Rugby Town Sevens tournament, August 20th through 22nd at Infinity Park. Definitely go out there and check that out. A uh, bunch of really great rugby players out there. They also have movie nights, uh, and they kick it off with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That was a couple weeks ago, uh, and they're just going to keep that stuff going. So head over to Infinity Park at Glendale.com slash events. You can check out what's on the way and definitely tune into the DNVR Rugby podcast, uh, the DNVR Rugby Twitter account, the written content on the website, all that stuff, because uh, Colton Strickler is doing a great job over there. Do you like uh, all the new Spider-Man movies? I, I do. So I'm, I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Like, I can get into, like, Batman and that stuff, but Spider-Man Toby is the Maguire one for me. Or he was the first Spider-Man. Andrew so Garfield. I'm, like, biased. I've, I've just really enjoyed them all. this new British dude, Tom Holland. I, I don't mind the new British dude. It's definitely a little bit like a younger take on it, dude, I feel like. Uh, look, I I dig all the Marvel movies. I do. I love mm-hmm. them. They're awesome. I, I thought that they were pretty damn good towing the line between PG-13 and mm-hmm. cartoon crap, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the whole high school aspect of the Spider-Man <laughs> thing, though. It drives me nuts. I don't know why. Huh. Like, I just... I just I can't imagine Spider-Man being a virgin. <laughs> and that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Spider-Man yeah, is a virgin, like fair. no confidence, like nervous to talk to a chick. Uh-huh. That's the guy that's going to go whip Lizard's ass or Doctor Oct or. Yeah. This, you got to take. You got to take this. You got to take this. This like little 15 year old virgin on a fight with Captain America, really? Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to stand up. Yeah. I, that's that's just me though. I don't know. That's, Maybe that's I just like point. I like. My Spider-Man to be a man, not a Spider-Boy. Okay, but that's cool. That's cool. And I guess maybe that's like the the one difference between me and you. I think everything else we've kind of got basically well, yeah, the same. We're, we're yeah. eye to eye, unless yeah, you're, yeah. unless you're looking left Just with Spider-Man. me. But, yeah. but but look, man, <laughs> uh, I I think that they need to combine the Venom and Spider-Man movies. They do that. Uh, that could help him like grow up a little yeah. bit into the rated R realm. He's he's definitely going to grow up at some point though. Yeah, well, he, I mean, they're going to have to either grow up or recast. They can't just be. How long can you have a little kid play into the adult pocket? I, I mean, guess. high school's only four years. Like they, just in terms like of the storyline, yeah, got, exactly. Like, they got to do time. something. Tom Holland's going to have like a full beard the next time they, they shoot <laughs> it. He's going to be like, nah, this is Spider Daddy time. Be like, oh, that's yeah. okay. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. I just want every movie to be rated R that's possible. So wow. if that's what I have to do to get it, then that's what we have to do. For those of you who uh, haven't listened to, to Matt McChesney's podcast yet, I feel like this is a good little introduction into what you're going to get from us going forward. <laughs> um, buff stuff, though. So uh, let's just start off the bat. Some some quick questions. What is What position group are you most excited to watch this season? The receivers. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. There's a dude named Chenault. There is. And there's a dude named Rice in the in the room together. <laughs> and one of them is re- related to one of the top five most explosive players I've seen in CU history in mm-hmm. LaVisca, who's going to be an all-pro um, and will will be a an, an $70 million receiver at one point. Mm-hmm. Stay healthy, get paid. That's happening. Um, his brother is real, and he's got he's got attitude, and he knows he can play, and that's what we want. Especially for my receivers, that's what I want. And the other one's name is Rice, and his daddy is the best receiver, maybe football player that's ever touched the ground. Mm-hmm. So 
with the way Shiv coaches him, and I know Shiv's my boy, and I, I know the way he is in front of the camera, and I know the way Coach Shiv is, and then I know the way Coach Shiv is. And he's going to get the most out of that group. And if I'm if I'm Brandon Lewis or whoever plays quarterback for that team, and you'd have to assume it's, it's 12, mm-hmm. I am so excited – and eager to get on the field to just use all these weapons. Uh, yep. The tight end group is deep. The receiver group is deep. The back group is deep. And it's like the, the buffs went from having depth issues three years ago to stock, just stocking the cabinet. And look, as much as you hate on Mel Tucker, not you, but as much as Buff Nation <laughs> doesn't like that man, he brought in some good players. He did. And he, you know, the and Coach Shiv can recruit his ass off. And they, look, you can't keep people as OCs for that long. So at some point, you've got to pay that man like a like the top OC in the country because he's going to, he's already attracting opportunities from other places because of the way he can recruit. Look at his receiver room. Rice, Rice yep. is a first-round receiver, Henry, if yep. he stays healthy. Knock on wood. He's gotten bigger, too. He's a monster dog. It's it's weird to look at, like because he almost looks like Visca in those pads, which is a crazy thing to say. But but because he's a couple inches taller, he does just kind of carry this he, presence he is, with him. He is a, and I know his name's Rice, mm-hmm. but he is a Calvin Johnson, you know Jerry Rice. When Jerry wasn't huge, but he's a Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, big body. Demarius Thomas ass kicking mm-hmm. receiver that's going to play for 10 12 years in the NFL. And yeah. if he stays healthy, he's I mean there's no limit to how good that kid can be. And and right now he might be the third best receiver in the room. You know, through the first week of camp, Levante Chenault has kind of been the storyline out of that room, you know. I, I talked to uh first of all Dimitri Stanley at Pac-12 Media Day. Said, he's also my how, I, exactly. how do we forget him, the exactly. Cherry Creek kid and he he's this is kind of my point like mm-hmm. do do is there enough footballs in Boulder? That I, bro, <laughs> this team is unbelievably underrated. I agree. I agree. And and shame on the media outside of Colorado that don't know that. Yep. Because look, man, you can look at a roster and you can look at players now, and especially based on last year. I know they didn't play Arizona State. I know the mm-hmm. SC dodged us. Mm-hmm. I, I know all that. But at the the opportunities I saw when they're healthy. When Neuer's healthy and could throw mm-hmm. the ball 15 feet without a dislocated shoulder and Lambin's <laughs> on the field. Yep. When they're healthy, they're pretty damn good. And I know there's a lot of numbers that freak people out, the 31 points a game that they've been giving up for four straight years. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about that, but I'd like to think Coach Wilson will change that. So, yep. pretty exciting. Yep. And just to wrap up the receiver stuff, like I said, Demetri Stanley told me, He's going to be the breakout guy in this group. He's been impressive so far over the summer. Talked to Christian Gonzalez, said that he's the toughest to cover. Christian even said he's the best route runner on the team. Uh, talking about Vonte. Um, uh, Nigel Bethel, according to Brian Howell, said the same thing. He's the toughest guy to cover. Anybody you talk to will say that Levante Chenault has been just a revelation so far in camp. And that group is so incredibly deep. Question is, who throws in the football? I look at it like in 03 when I was up there as a junior, our defense was trash, but we had, we had changed our scheme, and people were just throwing the ball all, all over our head mm-hmm. all year. But we had DJ Hackett and Derek McCoy up there in 03, and they were – I mean, they were uncoverable. They made John Donahoe a 40-catch guy. Like, it was you, – you, you had to really pick your poison because if you leave one open, it's over. 
And I think if, if, if Lewis is the quarterback and you can move on top of having those kind of weapons, you know, harder just to cover one-on-one in any area. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to if Lewis or the, the, the Shroud kid from, from Tennessee or somebody we don't know about. I mean, we didn't know Neuer was going to be an all-Pac-12 performer. He's gone. We're going to have to play him this year. He, yep. he comes back to Boulder with Oregon State. so That's going to be a fun one. You don't think that he's going to be fired up to win that football game. And the last time Oregon State was in Boulder, they made sure that the bus didn't go bowling after we were up by like four touchdowns or some crap. I left at halftime, got home, went to sleep, woke up, we lost. <laughs> it really <laughs> chapped my ass, bro. <laughs> so I, uh, I love Lewis. I think that he has a ton of potential. And honestly, the experience question – it, it plays two ways for me on this. Mm-hmm. Are we worried about a lack of experience, and are we going to make up with that with athleticism and playmaking and just out there playing ball? Because you're going to have to deal with some of that. He's a freshman. He's going to miss throws. He's going to miss opportunities. He's going to miss reads. Mm-hmm. He's going to run the ball when we should have thrown it. He's going to throw the ball when we should have run it. He's going to screw up protections. Like he's he's a rookie. Yep. He played against Texas. He looked okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one looked really good. Half the team was out with COVID. It's hard yep. to make an evaluation, but at least he cut his teeth. I would rather struggle with a rookie with with as much talent that is around him than just put in a safe play. And JT probably is a safe play. He's probably a safe play. That's fair. Probably a safe play. You won't go in. or probably complete the balls you want to complete. I had Joel Clad on last week's uh, McChesney Unchained episode 120, and you know, Joel was saying, like, look, I wasn't the best guy in the room when I was up there. Bernard Jackson was better than me, and James Cox was better than me, and Brian, you know, uh, Brian White was better than me. And I'm sitting there like all these guys that I know. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, but, Joel, you were safe. You took care of the football. You knew where to go. Mm-hmm. You could lead. You weren't, you weren't an F-boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't out there <laughs> just relying on athletic ability. You're a football player. Yeah. So that's that, I guess that's the break point is, is Lewis just an athlete that can play and has a cannon? And he's been more athletic than everybody else his whole career in high school. And, you know, he looked good last year for a a little bit. He's a starter, so he's got to lose that job. Or do they want to go the safe route? And I don't – as much rotation as I see in the offensive line, I think you're going to see a lot of different faces this year because they have a lot of guys that are similar. I don't think that you can do that with a young quarterback because these days, if Lewis doesn't start and get that opportunity right now, He's gone. He is probably gone. I agree. I he'll, agree. He'll go. He'll go. Call SMU and be like, "Yo, your quarterback, you throw the ball every play." Yeah, that's just the way college football is. So I want Lewis to be the quarterback in Boulder. I want him to struggle, and I want us to win, even though he is. And I think they can. Yeah, Chris Wilson said yesterday. I think the quote was, uh, "For every rookie you start, you expect to lose a game." I feel like that's just something you live with when it comes to Brendan Lewis. And and that's look, he's going to be the reason we lose one of the games. Mm-hmm. And but he's going to be the reason we're in that game too. I, I don't yeah. I don't think we're going to have very many regardless of how ruthless the schedule is and it's ruthless. And I love it. When when I played there, you know, back in my day, but when I played there man, I mean the worst team we played was a SWAC champion North Texas team. Huh. And they've been 10 wins the year before, and they were just putting 300-yard rushing on everybody. And we hammered them, but that was the worst team we ever played. We're at Florida State. 
we're hosting UCLA, we're, we're hosting Washington State, we're constantly trying to push ourselves and play co- top-level competition in the, off, in, the, mm-hmm. in the preseason. And that's what they're doing. I mean, I'd like to see CSU where UNC is, but if the Grizzlies want to come to Boulder and get mopped, I'll take it. Yep. I'll take it. That's, that's going to be, be – That's going to be a great night. <laughs> you better bring your party hat, baby, because that Friday <laughs> night is going to be awesome. It's, it's going it, to be so much fun. Is it, it going to be the biggest party in Folsom history? I mean, it has to be. It right? has to be. It dog. has to be. Like, if you're not ex- – I don't care who they're playing. That's the opener at night. After on a Friday, year off. After a year off. With a new Ralphie. Nobody could go. So they, they, it's time to pack that son bitch up there in Folsom and lock the gate on him. And, and they need to – look, I love Ed McCaffrey. He's my guy. I've sent yep. several kids to UNC that are Dungeon family that I, I'm proud of. But CU needs to lock the gate and beat that team 50 to nothing. And, and I don't and think that's the, unreasonable No, and it's either. not unreasonable. And I, honestly, anybody who thinks I'm talking like, oh, well, it's going to be a blah, blah, blah. No, it's not, it shouldn't be a tough game. It shouldn't be at all. They should lock the gate on them, shake their hand at half at, at midfield, and say thanks for coming down and beat the ever living Christ out of this team. And and if yes. they don't, you're giving every inch of success you give to UNC on, in that game on, on the Pac-12 Network on Friday night. There's going to be people are going to be watching, and it's going to be packed. And I will be there. Mm-hmm. The next week, you are giving blood in the water to sharks. Because Texas A&M is not effing around when they come to full when they come to to Sports Authority or Empower whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're not messing around, Henry. That's going to be a fun one. Let's let's pause on that because real quick though, uh, so I went to Montana, Big Sky School, like Northern Colorado. Last time Montana played Northern Colorado, I was a student. Montana won on the road, forty-four to fourteen. There you go. 50-0 for the Buffs is not unreasonable. No, anywhere. not at all. And it's look, it is a talent level issue it is period there's nothing they can do there's if you don't think they recruit different kids at cu than they do at unc you're crazy it's a it's a fact (laughs) it's not supposed to be a close game it's why it's a warm-up and i'm glad i'm glad they're doing it It, yep csu is not a warm-up Especially week Especially one. this year. I mean, and they're good. They got some dudes up there. They yeah. got NFL players on that team, and Adazio's not screwing around. So, I'm just saying, that's not a warm-up game. That, that's a rivalry game. And, and anybody yeah. who doesn't believe it, this is an ex-buff captain who has a lot of pride <laughs> in my university telling you, go to Fort Collins and tell them it's not a rivalry game. It'd Here's be, something it's I like, throw at you, though. It's like people coming from Lincoln and telling the bus it's not a rivalry game. So... I talked to a couple people at CU who said that one of the things that they like about what's changing with the Rocky Mountain Showdown is that Colorado doesn't have to play Colorado State Week 1. And so and so there was the potential for like cool Colorado State to get the, the upset Week 1. They think it's easier to play them Week 3 instead, and they can they have their football team under them. You I think mean, that changes how look, often they win? Look, I think that's some media crap. I don't yeah. give a shit when you want to play the Rams. Lock the gate. I like and uh, they want to play us week one or they want to play us November mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving if they can get into a big boy conference, which I hope they do. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I really hope. Do you, I, do you think they do? Personally, like not to go on a tangent mm-hmm. here, but I, I believe after talking to Clatt, he was on two weeks ago, like I said, I believe there'll be four 20-team super conferences huh. by the end of all this. And I think. You know, the SEC is going to scoop Florida State and Clemson, and the ACC is going to scoop Big 12 teams that they can. Mm-hmm. And I think Colorado goes to the Big Ten eventually. And, and 
Iowa State and Kansas join them, and the the like old the Big Eight part of the Big Ten is Nebraska, Colorado, Iowa State, and and Kansas. Mm-hmm. I think that could fly, and I think people in Boulder would go for it. I know I would. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think CSU could end up in either a newly reinvented Big Twelve that's maybe not an automatic Big Conference or. If they win some games, and this is what Clint Oldenburg was talking about today, I think they could end up in the new Pac-20 easily yeah. because they're they're going to lose teams if Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC all go to the Big Ten, which is a very, very, very strong rumor that's happening out there in college football. So I I think both teams need to be a major conference school, and I don't really care what we, when we play them, but I will say this. If CSU can ever get into a major conference and we can play them, if we're not playing Nebraska, if we're not in the Big Ten and that doesn't happen, which I think it could, and if you don't think I know what I'm talking about, that's cool. But I, I'm telling you, it easily could happen with the way revenue is and, and you know Colorado being an AAU university and so are those other three and so on and so forth. If CSU can figure out a way to get into the Pac-20, mm-hmm. It's another market in, in Colorado that is maximized with a major conference. Mm-hmm. CSU has a chance to go to the playoff. If they, they go up to Fort Collins and kick ass and you turn into a Utah and you're ranked third in the country, you're going to the damn playoff if you went out, period. Mm-hmm. So then if we're not playing Nebraska at the end of the year, because if they go to the Big Ten, that's happening. That will go back to Thanksgiving guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um we need to figure out a way to play cross-rival Big Ten, Pac-12 in, at the end of the year in Thanksgiving. The same way South Carolina and yep. Clemson do, the same way Florida and Florida State do. And they all may be in the SEC in the, in the future for all we know, and it may not be cross anymore. Georgia Tech could go to the, the SEC too, and, and, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they play cross-conference at, at Thanksgiving right now. So that needs to happen, but it has to be CSU getting into a major conference first. And they have to win games to make that happen. Yeah. And if they don't, if they can't win games in the Mountain West, you can't go. And that's like, the tough part. TCU and Utah jumped out of the Mountain West because they were absolutely hammering everyone's ass mm-hmm. every weekend. Well, it's got to be frustrating for CSU right now because they've started to put more resources into their athletics. And the wins haven't really come with that. <laughs> well, I told Clint today on my podcast, I was like, look, bro. In two or three years, when we come up to Fort Collins, when Bold, when CU comes to Fort Collins, the place you guys will figure out a way to sell out your stadium at that point. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know it's a cruel joke, but mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like that. I I wish people up there would go to the game. Yeah. Regard. Look, I'm not asking you to go spend money on an NFL ticket if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. If you want, if if football, if the NFL game is a TV sport like it is for me, unless I'm doing a radio show or I'm taking mm-hmm. my boys to a game. I'd rather sit at home and watch every game on Red Zone and gamble and like and just you know or sit in a bar and watch every game yep. and you know enjoy that. We'll be doing I, I, a lot of that a, this fall. Yeah, damn right, right here. <laughs> so I'd rather do it like that. But college, just you're part of the university. Most of the, a lot of people went there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of you know the ownership in that regard. So I think regardless if your team's good or not, if you're in the area. Get off your ass and go support your team, man. I mean, it, it do, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe CSU overstepped. And I know Dreesen and McBride Brothers and Clint and everybody will tell me to shut my Buffalo mouth when I say this, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to say it. They built a hell of a facility. That place is beautiful. I was up there football camp, football camp this, this uh, summer for two days, up there mm-hmm. coaching with the staff. And 
I got a lot of respect for those guys. But they had a 30,000-seat stadium, a 25,000-seat stadium for a reason that was cut into the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. That that old you know, high school stadium that used to be where CSU played, it filled up and it was ruckus because it was small. Well, now they built what forty thousand, forty five, fifty, something like that. Got to find as, a way to fill it. I mean, it. it's as big as it's as big as Folsom almost. That's crazy to think about. And they can't even. I know it was COVID and all that crap, yeah. but even before that, bro, that two years ago on on national broadcast ESPN for bowl eligibility, they had ten thousand people at the game. How are you supposed to recruit and compete? And if you're looking at it from a let's get CSU into a major conference perspective. Who in the hell, from a conference perspective, is going to go, man, I can't wait for UCLA to go to Fort Collins and play CSU? Yeah. Why, so 15,000 people can go? And it's not a a recruiting hotbed either. It's not a recruiting hotbed because they're not winning. Okay. Period. Yeah. And and it it would – if you're winning, all of a sudden your recruiting is awesome. Mm -hmm. But there's team – like South Carolina recruits their ass off, and they can't – can't figure out a way to win the east to save their life for the last 10 years sure so like you know a place like if byu and i know that they're an independent and they're special because they're a, you know they're a religious institution too mm-hmm. but byu can recruit utah recruits salt lake city and, and and fort collins aren't that different they were in the same conference for 50 years together so i, I think that it's it's all about mindset and honestly with NIL and, like, the ability to pay players in the future, and this is straight from, from the coaches' mouths up in Boulder. The meeting I had with Coach Wilson last week before I was there for junior day with my guys. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter if you're a good recruiter in the future. They're going to have – they're going to have – let's take five local Colorado companies. Six Zero yep. Football Academy, DNVR, mm-hmm. Crocs, Coors, and give me, give me one more. Uh, Chipotle? Chipotle. They're, they're a Colorado company? They are. Bam. Start in Boulder, There's I think. five. There's, yeah, there's five. We get those five companies to put together a package for the player mm-hmm. and say, for your, your endorsement dollars, if you come to Colorado, you're mm-hmm. going to get X, Y, and Z from these places, and this is how you present them on social media, and here's all your swag and gear and your burrito yep. card, and you got to come to DNVR three times a year, and you got to do this, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. you got to come to 6-0 and do this, and you got to do these videos and these posts and everything that goes with NIL. Well, I'm not – who. What does it matter if I'm a good recruiter or not? It's like saying yeah. that the, talent, the guys who find talent in the NFL are the reason the teams are good. That's not true. It's all mm-hmm. about coaching and development yep. then, right? For sure. So if you can't coach and develop in the future of college football, there's no place for you anymore. Yeah. The recruiting and, side, and the recruiting I, side I, of it is of, dead, dog. I you, kind of like that. And for, okay, first of all on that, so, so here's what Carl Durrell has said. And again, does he say different things behind closed doors than what he says to the media? Probably. But what he I, says he's pretty is, straightforward. I've only known yeah. Carl to be honest with everything he says. And and I can't say that with every other coach. Coach Tucker huh. sure as hell wasn't like that. <laughs> that. Definitely not. Coach Tucker was talking outside of his mouth. And I, I still have a relationship with Coach Tucker. I sent mm-hmm. Braden Miller to Michigan State this year. Yeah. So I, I, I don't mind the fact that he played the business game. That's what football is. And as an ex-player and a guy who has my NFL pension, football's a business. Yep. So back to Darrell, sorry. Back to Darrell, though. He says that the NIL thing, 
it isn't just going to absolutely take over. It's going to be one of four or five things that matter. You've got the location. You have the facilities. You have success. You have all the same things that you've had before. Education that, that still are going to matter. But now there's just this one new piece of the puzzle that, at least in terms of what he says, is the same size as the rest of those things. Yeah, I agree with that to a point. Okay. Um, it still matters where you play, though, in college football right now. Mm-hmm. What conference you play in. Yep. It matters. It does. Period. If you're trying to get a top five defensive line recruit from Louisiana, who's six six, who's you know not Calais Campbell, didn't go to Mullen, not me, went to Niwot. Like you're not, you you can pluck a big strong some bitch out of Colorado every now and then. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get very much speed here. There's a couple guys here that can run, but not many. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to get top five skill skill position players, top five quarterbacks top five offensive and defensive linemen well those kids are down south and i'm just going to say as a guy who's engulfed in high school community and the college community here they do it different they care more huh it's it's as rampant as european soccer is in the sec and the acc they give a shit and I'm saying that, yes, I agree with Darrell that there is going to be financial benefits. You might be able to – see, you might actually be able to pull the top recruit in the country, and, and they've done it in the past. When we were in the Big 12, we pulled the top recruit in the country several times. I remember Marcus Houston and Craig Oaks and mm-hmm. myself and Quinn Simnewski and Sean Tufts and all these guys in the recruiting class when I was in there in 2000. That was a top 10 class in the country. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear that they can't recruit there. But it was different. The Big 12 was the SEC at that point. Yeah. And so so here's I – th- I think The Athletic ran a story two, three years ago. And the point was they had just, like, tracked where the top talent comes from. And they said, in particular, offensive, defensive linemen, the big guys, that was the biggest change in – just, just the recruiting landscape because all of those guys did move down south, but still they're finding the receivers, the running backs, and some of that in other areas in in you, LA. You can and find Texas. talent everywhere. Okay, there's tons of talent in Colorado. It's not the competition level here is not as competitive. And so, so, so does that hurt them because it, it you don't hurt, see them hurt, playing against yes, them, or they don't exactly. get better? It, it, it both. Okay. The thing that separates my business, using this as an example, is the top players in the state that may not ever play against each other. Holy family against Eagle Crest is never going to happen. But it happens in my walls. That's what mm-hmm. separates my place from other places is mm-hmm. the top talent in the state, especially on the O&D line, but with, there's several skill players. And mm-hmm. we trust in Oliver, the great safety. He's going to be a baller up in Boulder once he figures yes. out how to play the position. The guy's a freak athlete. Good he's du- so he's Dungeon Family. Matt Lynch's Dungeon Family. Mm-hmm. Like Ray Robinson's Dungeon Family. We've mm-hmm. got dudes everywhere, all over the country. Alex Padilla, who's fighting for the job at Iowa right now, starting quarterback, went to Creek. He's Dungeon Family. Alec mm-hmm. Pell's Dungeon Family. They're not big guys. Good reviews there, too. So, And he's a hell of a player. What I'm saying is you have to – you in the hot – in Aurora, you're going to find Grandview and Eagle Crest and Cherry Creek because they all play each other. Mm-hmm. So you can actually evaluate whether this kid can play or this kid can play. But when you're – I went to Niwot. Who, are, who am I going to play in northern Colorado where I can evaluate whether or not the kid can play? Yep. That's why, like, a Spencer Level from Rocky Mountain comes to 6-0, goes to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Trey Zoom goes to Fossil Ridge, comes to 6-0, goes to Texas A&M. Cole Taylor goes to Grand mm-hmm. Junction, comes to 6-0, goes to LSU. Mm-hmm. 
they're going to find Aiden Nakia Kaina, who goes to Mullen and is now starting nose tackle at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So the talent's here. It's not that it's they don't have talent. It's not as deep. Mm-hmm. More people care in the South. The denser population, and there's denser populations down there too. Let's be real. For in sure. Texas and the South, there's just, it's just denser down there. Yep. And there, there's more people that care about ball. And it's high school football's different down there. That's what they do on Friday nights, bro. It's 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 still hobby town in Colorado, and it's they do care. The University of Colorado, for as much grief as they've gotten in my lifetime on not caring about football. I disagree. I think they really care. I think huh. they they care a lot, but There's it's just no it's not the number one thing there. Okay, it's just not Colorado's. The number one thing isn't the the Buffs. It's the Broncos. Yeah. Period. Well, and then Boulder in particular. There's there's so many different draws. There's people who are just there because they love hiking. Exactly. Just there because they love and that's fishing. Cool. That's cool. And they don't and really care about college. It's football. like Stanford is a powerhouse in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I went to Stanford, Arizona, two years ago. To watch my guys yep. play and whatnot, and there there were 150 people there. Yeah, but then if you go down to Tuscaloosa, what else is there to do in Tuscaloosa except college football? Everybody, <laughs> if you're there, it's because you love college. It, football. it is the South, so look, man. They they love their college football. Recruiting is changing significantly. Mm-hmm. Social media has already changed it. You can find a kid damn near anywhere, and if he looks the part, especially if you know have connections, you can put them in front of people. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. Travis Gray walked in at 15 with a goal, and I put him in front of guys and developed him because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you can coach and develop talent, you can get it from anywhere as long as the kid's motivated. Huh. Period. So there's tons of kids from Colorado that can play. And, yes, they should be recruited to CU, but, number one, they have to want to play there. And there's a lot of kids that don't want to stay in Colorado. They want to go out of state, and they do. And that's not – that's not special to Colorado. The only place I hear that argument, we've got to keep every kid in state, is here. Huh. The UCLA and USC don't sit around and bitch about, like, hey, we've got to keep every kid in California in California. Yeah. No, they recruit nationally. Yep. And we've seen some of that from Carl. Here, okay. And we've he, got to get to a break it. here he's in a not, second. He's not screwing around with that. He's, he is, he's combing Canada right now, dog. It's crazy. There's, like, northeast they're pulling players. Just we've never seen that Connecticut. before. Yeah, Connecticut. Like, come on. Now, at the same time, though, you, you look at what 24-7 sports, what rivals have to say, they say Carl's staff is not recruiting well, that, that these are kids that are not worth bringing in, and that makes not bringing some of the top talents from Colorado in. I, what I, do you think about that? Okay, so look, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm interwoven in 247. Blair Angulo is a good friend of mine. Okay. And we talk constantly. Okay. And, like, I've had, I've had parents call me, send me emails, like, well, how is it that 18 of the top 25 guys in Colorado, seniors, on 247 are in your gym? And I'm like, uh, because they're smart <laughs> enough to walk in the door and I have connections and it would be anti-American of me not to pick up the phone and say, hey, Blair, <laughs> look what I got. That's why. <laughs> yeah. So when my point is this, they can only evaluate what they see. So mm-hmm. if, they, if their only portal is this video on social media mm-hmm. or they only see a kid at a camp and he had a shitty day or may, you know, maybe he's been to five camps in a row and he just had a bad outing, like it happens. They're athletes. Mm-hmm. They're not robots. And they're high school kids, number one. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to judge the character of that guy 
and whether or not he likes football based on a 247 rating. And that's kind of the trend we've seen from Carl is going after guys who fit that mold. You know, so many coaches' kids. You're looking for a guy who loves ball, who understands that multiple positions are important. Mm -hmm. I've got a kid right now named A.J. Jackson who, Mm -hmm. and this is another thing with 247, and this is a fact, and I don't care if, like, what, Mm -hmm. are they going to get mad at me? (laughs) What you present to them is what they rank. Mm-hmm. I sit there with Blair and I go, look, these are my guys. And if you're not in 6-0, I'm not presenting you. I run a mm-hmm. business. For sure. Football's a business. What it is. It is. So when A.J. Jackson is at Douglas County and he's from St. Louis and he's a 6-3 athlete, great receiver, good quarterback, great looking quarterback, ran a 4-6-5 at CSU's camp, long, long strider, great athlete, can play multiple positions, very smart kid, in there at 5 a.m. this morning doing film. They didn't even know about his ass. And by the mm-hmm. time they got done evaluating him, he's a three-star athlete. And if you're a three-star athlete on 247, you're a Division One full-ride scholarship prospect. Mm-hmm. They did it with Taylor Nichols, too. He's a three-star. They didn't even know about him before he walked in the door at my place. Mm-hmm. So, again, they are not calming the country. They're evaluating what they see at their camps, and they're evaluating the kids that are smart enough to know they have to put themselves out there to get recruited. Yep. But, but I don't know how many times I've been in a college football locker room and my senior year is a perfect example of this where I'm the only senior starter on defense. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hubbard is our safety, and he's a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And Klatt's our quarterback, and he's a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And Terrence Burrow's our right guard, and he's a walk-on. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we've just got dudes at Brady Russell. He's their yep. best player on offense. Most versatile you offensive. So? He's their most important like offensive it. player is Brady Russell. We're going to dig into that after Period. this break. Like he uh, he yeah. does more for that team. He is the dirty work player for the Colorado Buffaloes. When he got hurt last year, they yeah. were the most like they were the most downtrodden offense I've ever seen after that guy got and, hurt. And they were still trying to run the same things. Like they, they were running tunnel screens yeah. to CJ Schmansky. And it's not, there's like a, it's not a fake little receiver screen yeah. where you have the line like, leaking out and Schmansky leaks up into the end zone and they throw it to him. They're I calling will, trick plays for him. I will say this. I think that Matt Lynch last year was like learning tight end. Now, mm-hmm. I've been working with Matt Lynch since he went to Legacy. Okay. And we, we put him into UCLA as a quarterback, and it just didn't work. He had too long of a release, but he's an unbelievable athlete. And I told him his whole life, like, look, bro, the day they walk up to you and say, change positions, disagree. It happened to me. It just happened to me mm-hmm. in the league. It's going to happen to everybody most of the time. Mm-hmm. And he accepted it. And he had a really good year at UCLA. And then he was only supposed to be here last year, but COVID gave him another opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he – him and Nate Lamman are boys, they and Matt are. Lynch has worked his ass off to turn himself into a tight end, and I think he gets into an NFL camp next year because of it, and okay. either a late-round draft pick because he's going to run really well. But don't be surprised oh. if you've got Russell as the dirty work guy who's catching a lot of stuff out of the backfield on bootlegs and those scissor crosses where he runs from the backside yep. to cut off the defensive end. He does that better than anybody in the Pac-12. Yep. He and the fact that he can play fullback and special teams and then Lynch being an ex-quarterback and how versatile and athletic he is, they can stretch the seams inside. And you can – I'm telling you, the check downs for CU next year are going to be to Lynch, mm-hmm. to Russell, and to the backs mm-hmm. are going to be wide-ass open. Yep. Because, look, I'm just going to say it. The three, the three Musketeers or the three Migos, however you want to say it, in the receiver room, mm-hmm. Rice, LaVisca, and Stanley mm-hmm. – those three are going to absolutely blow the top off defenses. Yep. So you're going to have nothing but opportunity to those tight ends. Brady Russell is the glue. 
Glad to hear it. Um, we're going to talk about last season a little bit, but first, uh, want to uh, talk about a couple of our sponsors. Uh, first of all, DMVR Bar. There's a couple cool things going on right now. Um, if you're looking for somewhere to hold your fantasy draft, do it here. Uh, you can get uh, two free pitchers of beer. One's a Breckenridge beer. One's a draft beer of your choice. Uh, all you got to do, just call the DMVR bar after three or email GM at the DMVR bar.com. GM at the DMVR bar.com. Uh, can't think of a better place to hold a fantasy football draft. Also, if you become a member, there's so many different perks that come along with that. First of all, obviously, if you're listening, you're probably a Buffs fan. I've got stories up on, on Brady Russell, on uh, some of the receivers, on uh, basically like seven different guys at this point. And I'm going to be writing about Casey Roddick and uh, Colby guy. Purcell today. Yeah, we might have to talk about him a little That's bit. Plus, there's guy, camp bro. notes every day. So much great stuff on the website. So become a member. Uh, you get a big beer for the size of small ball, a small beer here. Um, just so many perks. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. Make a lot of great beers, a lot of great seltzers. Strawberry Sky is my go-to. I'm actually coming down here for uh, trivia tonight. Uh, pretty excited about that. Denver Sports Trivia. I don't think I'm allowed to win, but I didn't give out any. Or, like, none why, aren't, of the why aren't you allowed to win? Because you work here? Exactly. But my thing is, Freak. I'm allowed to win. I'm just not allowed to get prizes. I'm going to come and I'm going to be. So you can everybody. win and then what? Ryan hoards your prize? No, I think just goes to. Hoards your prize? Probably. That is what ends up happening. We did luck our, our way into. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's good to be the boss. It is good to be the boss. <laughs> it is good to be the boss. It's also going to be real good to win trivia tonight. Boom. But there's going to be a lot of Breckenridge beers. Actually, probably a, a couple buckets of seltzers. Those good company seltzers I'm drinking tonight. Um, also. They're giving 1% of the profits this summer to uh, the National Parks Conservation Association. Obviously love supporting them. Just a bunch of great stuff. Food down at the farmhouse, brec- or the beer locator on the website. Check all that stuff out. Won't go wrong. And I will say this place kicks ass. It does. I, I'm, Bro, I've lived in Denver a long time. I went to college in Boulder. I have frequented the joints on Colfax. Mm-hmm. Like it's, Colfax is very underrated, in my opinion. This place kicks ass. You got to get down here and support. And now that like COVID's kind of wrapping, depending on where you sit. Um, <laughs> if you just don't care like me, and I'm just a Darwin, and I'm like, hey, if you if he dies, he dies. Um, you know, they come down and support, man. It, it's a it's a great place to watch a game. I, I honestly cannot wait to come down here and watch Buff away games. It's going to be so much fun. And and the fight the too. fight song is going to be rocking. It, it was during the basketball tournament last year, NCAA tournament. There were, there were a couple of real good fights. That championship songs here. game really, really chapped my ass. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and how? Look, I know that this is a buff podcast for mm-hmm. football right now, but how in the hell does McKinley Wright not get drafted? And then uh, I'm not and sure if the you saw Timberwolves, dog. I know. And the thing is, he's going home, and so it's going to mean something to him. <laughs> Come on, but the Nugs. Come on, Nugs. Right. I like the kid from VCU. I'm not saying he can't play, but that McKinley Rice just sitting there, dog. Just you can't just get him, get him as a free agent. He was making plays all over during summer league yesterday. Yep. Like he just he doesn't belong he's a good at basketball summer league. Player. Exactly. He's a good basketball player, not somebody who jumps really high or is fast <laughs> or is six foot six. You know, he's I, a good I, basketball player. The. Uh, the best line I ever heard for evaluating basketball talent was mm-hmm. from Sir Charles Barkley. 
and somebody was like criticizing Kevin Durant because he couldn't do 185 once at his pro day. <laughs> like one year after scoring like 40 points a game at Texas uh-huh. and being unguardable. They're like, yeah, we don't know if he can hang with all those guys and really bang in the post. And, he, and Barkley was like, man, I don't know one basketball that weighs 185 pounds. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> so, again, the way they evaluate talent in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you can't judge the kid's will. You can't judge the kid's heart. And you can't judge how they're going to react when it's hard. And that's college football, too. That, that's what I love about it. Is yeah. it's, I don't really care how you got in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I say this to my guys constantly. It was said to me. And Coach Wilson was my coach for five years when I was there. He's like my dad. Mm-hmm. Other than the great Dave McChesney, there's no one <laughs> that's more responsible for me being me than Chris Wilson. Uh-huh. And I, I take a lot of pride in that. And mm-hmm. I know what he's looking for. And, like, so I, I, I saw the picture of – of his defensive lineman yesterday and my boys mason and blake are the only uh, like the two of the three rookies there Mm because it's a pretty veteran group and i know what you got to do to get into that picture and to get into that that frame of mind to play for that man and i just think that cu has a lot of those kids and you you brought up one of casey roddick exactly everything that that big son bitch has overcome to come back and put pads on the width you brought this he up is, before we he, started. Look, okay. It's so weird to look at. I'm going to tell a story, okay? And I only tell this because it's about Larry Allen. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he reminds me of Larry Allen. And I'm not saying he reminds me as a player yet. Larry mm-hmm. Allen is the best offensive lineman that's ever walked. But from a width perspective, he looks like he looks like Larry. And Larry's like as big as a door frame but he's mm-hmm. as wide as a refrigerator mm-hmm. so and that's the way casey is like casey is a big barrel chested son bitch and he he works with me all the time he's on nil with six zero he's one of our guys uh one of our athletes that we sponsor and i'm really excited for him he's overcome this sickness yep. and all this shit he's had to overcome so the reason i bring up larry allen is this. so me and my boy sam wilder who played like 50 straight games at cu was the starting tackle he played in the league for five or six years we joked that he played for every team west of the mississippi or something like that played for like half the teams in the nfl and you know sam works for striker now and he lives okay. in denver and we were at, we were at a christmas party or or not a christmas party it was like a it was a christmas party after the season because we play on Christmas. In like the middle of January in San Francisco when Larry Allen played for the 49ers and Sam played for the 49ers. And I just got done with the Jets and I flew into California and we went to a party at Larry Allen's house, okay? And it's like 2 o'clock in the morning and we are partying with Larry Allen and all these other people and mm-hmm. it's nuts. And it's a huge piece of property out, out in like the wine country and shit. I don't know, man. I was inebriated. <laughs> it was awesome. We were having a great time. <laughs> And about 2 o'clock in the morning, Larry Allen comes out, and he, he's holding a pumpkin on his back porch. And we're like, Larry, man, what are you going to like? Is that your apple, Shrek? And, he, <laughs> and he's like, no, come with me. So Sam's like, oh, I was hoping he was going to do this. And I was like, what? So we walk all the way out. We walk all the way out in the dirt field, and there's this big cage. And he turns the lights on, and there's a goddamn rhino. What a rhino dog! Like a rhinoceros, like a, like a full on. Like a, yeah, I'm just gonna adult? say it, a fucking rhino. Wow, a rhino, <laughs> and and he there's a pile of pumpkins next to the cage, and he starts hurling pumpkins at the rhino, 
at 2.30 in the morning. Wow. And I'm like sitting there like, this is the best moment of my entire what life. Is, what does the rhino think of the that? The rhino's just taking it and just like eating the pumpkins. They just break it against. He's like, damn, rhino, throws it, breaks. Rhino <laughs> eats the pumpkin, walks over, gets another one, throws the, rhino, wow. throws the pumpkin at the rhino. For like 20 minutes, this went on. And I thought I was in Bizarro Land, but <laughs> then I named my band uh, Larry Allen's Rhino. Wow. Yeah, so what, what instrument you play? Uh, I'm the lead singer. Oh, wow. No, I'm, I'm Lo- kidding. Oh, I'm not really on. a lead singer. Um, <laughs> but uh, Casey reminds me of this, of Larry Allen. Just the wit. I, I work with Casey down at 6-0 constantly. And I've been working with him lately. He looks really good. He's just cleared from being sick. Mm-hmm. He's not cleared to contact yet. But when he gets back on the field, too, and Frank gets back on the field, the offensive line is deep, bro. And I, I just it think is. Casey brings – look. Casey's from Compton and shit, and he brings a different attitude to the offensive line room. And he is big, and he's physical, and he is there to kick your ass. And honestly, we haven't had offensive linemen like that in Boulder. Mm -hmm. Nate Salter is a great player Mm -hmm. and a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. Andre Gerard was a great player and a really not very nice guy. (laughs) Chris Naoli was a great player and not a very nice guy. See you Hall of Famer now. Yeah, and Recently. worth it. That, that guy, one of the best offensive linemen I've ever seen. And Casey Roddick is a really, really, really good player with three years left of eligibility that's not a very nice guy when the pad goes on. I'm Chris yep. is a great guy without the pads on. Yep. Dre's my boy without pads on. I'm I'm – I'm really nice. I'm like Santa Claus with no pads on. But Casey, you put pads on this guy, and he's he's different. And last year, especially the Stanford game, because okay. Stan- Stanford and David Shaw and what they value. Yep. They've got two of their starting offensive linemen are my guys, Barrett Miller and Drake Nugent, both yep. Denver kids. Yep. So they could easily be starting in Boulder, but they're in, they're in at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And CU didn't want Drake. CU, Clayton Adams told me he was too short. And I was like, wow, you are out of your freaking mind, Clayton. But it is what it is. Now Drake's starting center at Stanford. And I know they value physical ass-kicking football players up front. And they put guys in the league. So the way that CU dismantled them up front last year in, at Stanford and the way that they did it, mm-hmm. like behind those double blocks with Casey mm-hmm. and Ray and Frank and like just the, the rotation of guys that went into that game that had – Jake Wiley was in there blocking the hell out of people on the goal yep. line. Like that gives me a lot of of encouragement that the offensive line is a strength of this team, regardless of not having. You know, Frank's one of their starters. He he's out for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and he may not come back. He might medical. Yeah, so we, might we have heard to do today might have to do what's best for him. Yep, and that is definitely possible. We heard today though from Carl Durrell that he's actually ahead of schedule. Good, because he's yeah. a hell of a player. I've worked he with is. Frank too down to six zero, and he's. I'm telling you, man. If I'm Coach Rod, I'm I'm jealous of Coach Rod. I'm not going to lie, because he's got some dogs up there in that room. Yep, and I know because I've put like half of them in the room. So. Yep. I'm really, really excited about what they have up front. And I just – I hope that they – I hope that Shiv – and I know, Darren, I know that he wants to turn around and hand the ball to those backs. And I know mm-hmm. Broussard had a great year last year. But this Clayton kid – Yeah. What, the Avon Clayton's his name, right? Ashad. Ashad Clayton. Yep. So, here, I'm going off of that. Wow. I actually – I talked to Casey Roddick today. Here's here's a quote. Uh he said, uh, we want to go above and beyond the goals that we set last year. Ultimately, as an offensive line, what we want is 2,000-yard rushers in that backfield. If we can get a third 1,000-yard rusher, 
that would be awesome. Uh, you can't forget about Ashad Clayton. Um, that that three-headed monster is going to be crucial for this season. I'm excited to get that run game going. Uh, we put a hat on a hat. We're going to get the job done. What do you th- think of that? First of all, is it realistic to have 2,000-yard rushers? Well, absolutely. What about three? Oh, I don't know. Three would be pretty <laughs> tough. I mean, th- three th- how many teams have like ran for over 3,000 total yards in a season? Yeah, Not many. I mean, not, that that's, that's, that's a whole lot of production from two, three guys, four guys. You usually need like... I bet you like four out of the top ten teams that have done that are Nebraska teams from the 90s. Yeah. You know, the fullback goes for 990, and the quarterback goes for 12, 1250, and the back goes for 1600. Like, but that's, that's, that's all day ground and pound. And I don't mm-hmm. think that CU is an all day ground and pound team. Look, like, I know that this is big praise, but the 94 team, if they would have, they could have revolutionized college football. If Steve Spurrier had that group of skill players at Florida when he was running gun, CU would have scored 100 points a game with Ray Carruth and Michael Westbrook and Rashawn Salam and Cordell Stewart and that offensive line and Chris Naoli and all those guys, and plus the defense. I'm just mm-hmm. saying they ran triple option and like really vanilla three wide receiver sets. And watching games from that time, you're like, man, look at all this space. If they would just motion the cat over here and run this, they would – It'd be a touchdown, and it just football wasn't there at that point. So I don't, I don't know if you can go for three thousand yard rushers. Although I'm a big goal type, so okay. I'm with that. You want to go for three thousand yard rushers, and and CU is just hammering people like when I went to school there, because you remember like I, I was at school from 2004, and that just happened to be like Chris and Bobby and Cortland and Marquisha Houston, Marcus Houston. Although we call him Marquisha because. He's a CSU Ram, bro. He's not a Buffalo. Yeah. If you transfer there, you're a CSU Ram. You're not. You have to relinquish your buff card. Okay, so you I, you don't know about that story, do you? No, I don't know that at all. Marcus Houston's the number one recruit in my recruiting class. I remember that. He part. went to he went to Thomas Jefferson, okay? but didn't didn't number, do much at CSU. Number one player in, in yep. the country, dog. Mm-hmm. Number one running back in the country, and he was worth it. I watched that kid when we were freshmen at SC go for. 150 and on like 27 carries and he was real but we also in 01 especially when you know we had great defensive talent but we had victor rogers and dan graham and andre Durad and wayne and like justin bates and justin bates son josh actually works with me he's committing this friday somewhere he's only a junior huh. he's got offers from cu in oklahoma and the u and a couple other places it's pretty cool um it, they like NFL players everywhere, right? And then the backfields, Bobby and Chris Brown and Cortland Johnson, who I saw him and his son up at Junior Day the other day, was awesome to see CJ. And then Marcus and EB's the coach, and EB doesn't give a shit where you were recruited. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Yeah, that's because he's Eric Bieniemy. He wants you to earn it. Mm-hmm. So Marcus didn't want to do that. He didn't want to compete with those guys, and he took it personal when they got more playing time than mm-hmm. him because of spatting his shoes and whatnot and he transferred to csu and he got a waiver from the ncaa that he didn't have to sit out a year so then we got to play him in 03 and 04 to open both years with a guy who was in my recruiting class in in 2000 Mm -hmm. as a csu ram and i don't think there's a more turncoat thing you could do in college football than that probably not and we jumping back to something we let him know uh Rushing record yeah. for a single season. 
FBS. Oklahoma in 1971 ran for 5,196 yards. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my God, is that Charles White? Uh, I don't know. That, that was the team number, but that was 472 rushing that's, yards per that's game. That's one of the top five college football teams ever, if I remember correctly. It's got to be, right? Yeah. They've run for 472 5, a game. 5,000 yards. Well, that's, look, if you're running the ball for 400 yards a game, you're doing something right. Yeah. I'm not saying they can run the ball for 400 <laughs> yards a game, nor do they need to. No. They, I don't, I'm not saying they need crazy balance either. It's more about yards per, in my opinion. Yards mm-hmm. per carry, yards per touch, and touches with the backs mm-hmm. and touches with the receivers. So, like, drops are going to be at an absolute paramount for me. If you okay. get the ball in your hands and it's dropped, I can't trust you the next time because I'm going to give the ball yep. to somebody else who won't drop it. This isn't a team that can be wasting plays. Exactly. So, wasted plays and opportunities, drops, fumbles, missed assignments, those won't be tolerated with depth. Which raises the level of play with everyone because if the the only reason that we were any good when I was there is because in two thousand one sixty percent of the roster has their NFL pension. Yep, that's the only damn reason. Yep. So it, that's what we have to look at with this team is how much potential explosive NFL talent do they have on the offensive side of the ball alone? I don't know. How how about you? What do you think? I mean, uh, judging got, by what you see. First of all, Jarek. You know, and that's maybe kind of a question just for size, but at this point, but he's if, done so if much. Rod, it, look, if if Darren Sproles can play at his level the mm-hmm. way he did for as long as he did, and I played against Darren in the NFL and in college, Broussard can do it too. It's yep. all about health with him. Is if if they like the way his knees have healed, and he's not mm-hmm. he's not a guy who misses practice during the season this mm-hmm. year and needs days off, then he'll get an opportunity. Yep. So you've got you've got Jarek also in the backfield. You throw a shot in there off of pure talent. I think that you could – I mean, Alex Fontenot is maybe that borderline. I probably wouldn't include him, but – But he's a hard runner. He's he a is. vertical runner, and he's been part he of is. a lot of big wins. He has, and so, he's proven. He's been a bell cow. Well, that's the thing is there's three guys right there that I all think could go for 1,000. Broussard's yeah, the returning sure. Pac-12 player of the year. He's going to get the nod first. Mm-hmm. But the thing that separates him from every other back is the other backs need direction where they're running. And Broussard just needs the ball. Yep. So that's the difference is I you could take a broken play with Broussard and it can turn into a touchdown. Yep. You take a broken play with Fontenot and it's a TFL. Yep. Because he needs he needs a, a path and a, an alley. And that's good. That's what offensive linemen are for. That's why I'm here, big dog. But and, yeah. I'd like to think that the other kid, uh, Avon. Ashad. Ashad, sorry. He's we'll uh, – I'm terrible with names. Just ask Ryan. Um. I think Ashad is the kid there in that room where Hagen is sitting there like, man, I cannot wait to get this kid the ball. Yep. And I know the way Darian thinks. And he's – remember that, like, Darian played in a backfield where they shared the hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Where Mike Pritchard was playing running back and J.J. Flanagan and Biennemi and Hagen were all, like, close to 1,000 yards mm-hmm. each, if not over 1,000 yards rushing. So, yep. if anybody knows how to do it, it's that it's – that, offensive system so i'm sure they can put something together that maximizes the, the carries yeah and you brought up uh Jarek being the guy who can kind of find his own path so pro football focus you know don't love everything they do but one thing they do really well is, is track some of the, the stats like uh what types of runs that uh the running backs are, are given and so with Jarek, you see a whole bunch of zone runs with a shot last year i think it was he, he had seven carries six of them gap 
power. Be, exactly. Yeah. Being told exactly where to go. Hit the B gap. Yep. As hard as you can, we're going to make a hole. Is that something with him that you think changes? Or is that just kind of who no, he is? No, that's inherent. Okay. He either can do it or he can't. Huh. You're, you either can run zone or you can't. And okay. I'm not, look, I'm not saying he can't. Mm-hmm. I'm saying every, Chris Brown looked really good in the scheme they had. Mm-hmm. And so did Bobby, and they're completely different running backs. So did Cortland, completely different running backs because their offensive line was dominant. Mm-hmm. But if you're going off scheme, because I think CU can maximize with talent and scheme. I think they've got at least nine or ten kids up there that can play on the offensive line. I think opener you'll see a lot of different combos, a lot of different guys at guard, mm-hmm. center, tackle, because really the, the ability to have the same five all year, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Like, people are going to get hurt, guys get healthy when they're, you know, so on and so forth. They're going to play your best five eventually, and that's what you want by the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. The thing with Broussard is he's – I feel like he has eyes on the side of his head. Because huh. he can see the hole in the cutback before it happens. And it's like you can see it on – you can see it on tape from the back. You can tell when a guy's getting washed. Mm-hmm. Like when Casey and, and, and the last year's center was Colby, right? Yep. So when Casey and Colby are acing some nose tackle, which is an mm-hmm. A-gap block, mm-hmm. that's the cutback lane on a front side zone because mm-hmm. that's the cutback point. So instead of just burying your head into the front side zone, Broussard has the ability to push the front side as fast and as hard as he can and then one step downhill in a hurry mm-hmm. off that backside ace or that backside deuce depending on the front they're in. So I just haven't seen the other guys do it yet. I'm not saying they can't. Yep. I mean, no one's sitting there saying they can't do it. I just haven't. And maybe they, just like what you said, you've got to let them do it. If he's only getting gap runs and he's, he's a young back, well, mm-hmm. this year let's see if he can run zone and cut and get downhill. So it's it's a good problem to have, I'll tell you that. Guys that can do more than one thing, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I've been told. So so there's, there's the storyline last year. Carl comes to the reporters and says, or I think he was asked, like, is Jarek going to be faster without the knee brace? And he said, I'm legit telling you guys, he is not at 100% right now. Well, now he's been practicing without that knee brace. And uh, from what I've heard, it is a noticeable difference in terms of the shiftiness with Jarek Broussard, which is just unimaginable given what we saw last year. It's, I mean, it's scary for the defense. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. again, again, one thing opens up another. Mm-hmm. You, you can only do so much defensively. You can't stop everything. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. You have to give up something. And it's rally and tackle and play another down. And just make them, play, make them take more downs and hopefully they screw up or we can make a play. That's what defense is, mm-hmm. especially these days. So, if you're telling me that they're going to be in 11 personnel with one wing tight end, and but then they're going to be able to be in 12 personnel and 21 personnel with multiple tight ends and Brady at fullback. Yep. Or, or Jaylee Stacks. Exactly. Or Jaylee Stacks, mm-hmm. who is a Cherry Creek product. And, and I think is, he's getting touches. Jaylee is a brick shit house, bro. Yep. He is there to mess you up. He is mm-hmm. not playing around. And he was like that in high school. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they brought him up there. I, he's a brick shit house, he like can, I said. And he can run routes. He can he, he can, can do a lot. Yeah, he, and he's, you can, a, he's the most versatile fullback they've had since Vickers. And that's what, I mean, Carl was asked about him just a oh. couple days ago and said, you know what he reminds me of? There's, there's some Vickers. veteran guys in the NFL who can just do anything from that position. There's not a lot of them, but that is going to be Brady's role. Or, sorry, not Brady, Jaylee's role. Jaylee's role. And look, and Vic, Brady's too. I played, I played with Vic, and he was super versatile. You could do everything with the cat. Mm-hmm. 
And that I think you can do that with Jay Lee. But again, there's so many good players. It all it's all going to come back to the the starting five. Yeah, because who is actually out there with all these skill players and the quality young quarterback that has all the tools and is figuring it out mentally and a good offensive staff and a hungry offensive coordinator and professional receivers and professional tight ends and professional backs. If you don't have professional offensive linemen, you're not winning. Yeah. So I don't, you were up at practice today. It, it, I don't know if they're closer to a starting five today than they were a month ago and they will be three weeks from now. I, I have yep. no idea who's going to start, but – I don't know if it's important. I think the starters on the opener, depending on rotation, like I, unless they just roll with five, I don't see how they can. It's going to be interesting. And then the good news is they have talent. The tough part is right now, you know, you've got uh, Casey, like I said, is a couple Casey's weeks away out, from Frank's being 100%. Out. So there's, Frank, there's two yeah. of your starters from Colby's last year Colby's just out. getting back into the swing of things. He was like I – th- I think he was allowed to, to participate the f- – first day of practice maybe was just like the day he got cleared there's there's been a bunch of injuries to that group i don't see casey frank i don't see casey or frank playing in the opener okay um just to give them the rest there's no reason i doubt they play in the opener just because okay uh but i could see both of them coming back for texas a&m although that is that's a hell of a game to come back for (laughs) because them boys ain't playing demarvin leal um I will say that guys like Jake Wiley, you know, I know Austin Johnson's dealing with some physical stuff. Max Ray, the transfer from Ohio Max State. Max Ray, the, the transfer from Ohio State, is a good football player. Uh, I'm, I'm close with Tony Alford at Ohio State, and he huh. was raving about him. Huh. You know, and he wanted to come back. His family's here. His, and, his brother Jake goes yep. to see you. And Carl said, uh, Carl said that they don't have anybody like him, that that combination of just length Speed and size and, length, and yeah. athleticism. And he, he's an NFL frame. He just hasn't been able to put it together mentally. Yeah. And and hasn't had much of a chance to see the field either. Well, that's the thing. At Ohio he's at Ohio State. State. Is, you know, you, you go there and that you could have a freshman in front of you the next year. That Paris Campbell kid is, is the first pick in the draft mm-hmm. when he's ready. So, mm-hmm. um, But I, I like Ray. I think Wiley is going to go in there and, and play a lot and help, even if he doesn't start every game. He's just too big and physical, and he's just a masher. He's one of my guys. I know him well. Um, you know, Cush, 57, he's been there forever. He, they're going to rely on that kid either to play center or guard. Mm-hmm. He's got to be ready to play both, and he will be. He's a good player. Chance Lytle is back, and he's been playing some tackle now too. And see, that's the thing is everybody's got to do everything. Yep. Like you can't just do one thing. If they need you to go play tackle this week, well, you got to go play tackle this week. Yeah, and the lucky part about college football is there isn't a limit to the number of players you dress. You know, so so it isn't. They can rotate in whoever they want. They they can send as many as they want in there. I mean, I wouldn't doubt if they have two different units against UNC. I mean, that's pretty cocky. I mean, it's pretty cocky, but they're not. So what? I mean, that's what UNC is coming <laughs> to Folsom for to yeah. get mopped. Yeah. I'm sorry, the UNC fan club. You can come complain. And that's right. There's not one. So <laughs> shut up. They're coming to get mopped, and they need to. So it's just a matter of consistency with Coach Rod. I know what he's looking for. And stay in the course. Look, if you're a young guy up there and you're thinking that, like, somehow you, you're being overlooked, okay? And this goes for young guys everywhere. This is a veteran telling you something real quick. Number one, learn. Mm-hmm. Two, you're not as good as you think you are, and you're damn sure not replaceable. Mm-hmm. 
Okay? Everybody's replaceable, yep. dog. You ain't special. Three, you're at a special place. Going somewhere else doesn't make the grass greener. It's just mm-hmm. you got to cut more because you just got there. You've yep. already cut here. You might as well just keep cutting. Yep. Four, young players these days getting another waiver allows you to stay and develop even more into a man if you have the desire to go play in the NFL because college football is a boys' league and the NFL is a fucking man's league, Henry, period. And then lastly, there's nothing wrong with learning from veterans and what makes consistently good plug-and-play offensive line rooms Mm -hmm. is – and this just goes for – this is unique to offensive linemen – I wasn't a college offensive lineman. I was a college three technique. So I was in rotations on defensive lines and like eight, nine guys playing 40, 50 snaps a game. Like you're just rotating their positions on the field, right? So that was that's the way I play college football. But Sam Wilder never left the field when he got moved from defense to offense. He played for three straight years at his position. So, yes, we want to rotate guys in, but talent is talent. And there's nothing wrong with learning from somebody to maximize yourself so when they knock, you're actually ready to play. Yep. There's a difference between wanting to play and being ready to play. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the work ethic and you know you can't keep your weight down or you don't know how to eat right or you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're a party boy in college or you're just into the social media aspect, look at me, I'm cool, it's going to be hard to develop unless you're just given the job, and that shit don't happen unless you're Paris Campbell. I mean, that kid didn't yep. even play until the playoff, for God's sakes. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a different type of atmosphere in the offensive line room. So they just those kids and everybody up there in Boulder, especially the depth is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Don't get over don't get over your toes up there thinking that like your opportunity won't come. One dude gets hurt and you're in the game. Yep. So everybody needs to be ready in that room. Yeah. They, they better be ready in that room because Minnesota is not messing around. That's a good football team coming to Boulder. That's going to be a test. That's, you're damn straight. And people who don't think that that's going to be it, they won 10 games when they were actually playing football. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Pac-12 schedule we have is like a gauntlet. Front heavy, too. You I gotta mean, be ready to go, bro. If they're if they are not take if they are not taking things seriously or playing at their best, mm-hmm. they are going to be looking at one and four quick. That's a scary thought. Oh, so let's take a quick break here. When we come back, though, I want to hear about your expectations, where we should set the bar for this season. Also, want to hear if you have any insights in the new strength coach, Shannon Turley. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, before we get to that, though, want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors. First of all, Solace Meds. Um, they have uh, four different locations. So no matter where you are in Colorado, there's probably something close to you. Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Broadway. There's one that's just a few blocks from us right now on East Colfax. Uh, they have some great deals for the month of August. Here's a few of them. Uh, Dixie Elixirs are two for $30. That is D-Line's favorite. Um, something that gets passed around every DNVR anything. Uh, the Spectra 20%, all Spectra's 20% off. All Ripple's 25% off. The Silver Shelf Flowers, 15% off. The Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates, 15% off. And if you head to any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. You also will get 20% off 
And uh, like I said, you'll get that free Solace Bar or King Cone. It's a great deal. Order online at solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Purchase from there. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 uh, because it's just a great deal. You get to use that on top of any of these other specials that they have going on. Also, want to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had a couple of our employees here go out there, say it's the best experience they've had with a dentist in their life, have some listeners make that their uh, full-time uh, dentistry. Uh, it's a cool thing they've got going on. It's only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood. Uh, so definitely get out there and check it out. They're huge uh, Colorado sports fans. They are um, a family-owned dentistry. You can feel good supporting them. And if you go out there and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. Definitely go check them out because we've heard only good things from the DNVR family. All right. Uh, so you said it's easy to get to one and four given the schedule that Colorado has. Yes. What should be the expectation through those first five games? When, when, you, when you look at that, what do you consider a win? You're three, happy three with Three and it. two. Three and two? Three and two. With a loss one, coming. One, one, and one, one and one in the, in the Pac-12. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, either one of those seem easier to, do, to you. You've got USC at home. You've got ASU UNC, on the road. UNC is a win. A&M is, I mean, it would be a major upset if they won that game. So I'm be. just going to say it's that It's college they, football. They could win. Yep. I mean, I'll say this. I know A&M doesn't want to go to Folsom. Yeah. Because when we were in the same conference together back in the day, you come to Folsom, they lose, and mm -hmm. they never won in Folsom. So I, I'm not saying that that's why they want to go to, to Empower, but that's yeah. what I'm going to say. I love it. Um, they've got new quarterback. They've got, I if think, you're four gonna new be, starters if you're on the beat offensive them, line. If you're going to beat them, that's the time. At altitude, yep. in front of a national TV audience. And, look, if they beat them, I'll be happier than the pig and shit. Yep. So, but that's an L. So yep. you're looking at one and one. <laughs> and then – the Minnesota game is really a it's a, a turning point for me. It is. So I think right now they the it's opening as Minnesota's four and a half point favorites. Oh, I'll take that at Folsom. I'll take, I'll that, take that in Folsom. Yep. Yeah, because I just think that Minnesota and CU are kind of like at each other in conference. Like Minnesota's so. a growing team in the Big Ten that's getting better. CU's a growing team in the Pac-12 that's getting better. So that that's a real – that's a special game that they need to win. Yep. They need to win that game in Folsom. And then after that, I think they will. I think they beat Minnesota. That's an 11 a.m. start. Those boys in Gopher Land are going to be getting out of bed early, mm -hmm. coming to play in Folsom. So Also, RPO heavy. You got Chris Wilson there. You think that he's somebody you like? Maybe trying to figure out what that's going to. Well, look I think like? his defense is going to be sideline to sideline, and they're going to uh -huh. be able to handle things. I, I swear, for the last couple of years, I've watched CU, and I'd be like, the same play keeps beating us over and over again, and that's not going to happen with Coach Wilson. He's a pro <laughs> coach. He's going to say, "Okay, that's enough of that. We're yeah. going to fix this. If you want to beat me somewhere else, I'll fix that." Okay. Okay. He's a fixer. That's what he does. That's he what fixes, he told he us yesterday. Players. Literally that. Yeah, he fixes players. Uh -huh. He fixes schemes. He it's what he does. So uh -huh. it's I'd imagine with NFL talent on his defense because that's what he has. Lang's an NFL player. Wells is an NFL player. Lamb is the best linebacker in college football. Christian Gonzalez is an NFL player. Perry's an NFL player. They got dudes, and that's I'm missing ten of them easily. So. I think that he can figure out a way to slow teams down. And, again, if they go from giving up 31 points a game to giving up 21 points a game, they win eight games. Okay. They win nine games. Yeah. And you look at the rest of the Pac-12 schedule, Arizona State and SC, I think they'll split those. Last year we didn't play those teams. At Arizona State's a tough game. 
they they do a good job defending their home field. Last time we went there, we lost, but the last time they came to Folsom, they lost. So getting that game would be huge. But if, you t- if you're telling me that we're going to be one-on-one one after two weeks in the Pac-12, I'd rather beat SC. I'd rather beat SC because we've never beat them, and I really yep. don't like them at all. I think they're smug. And uh, I lost to them twice in college. Huh. And we lost to them 17-14 in the Coliseum, and then they beat the ever-living Christ out of us with Carson Palmer in Folsom one year. But they're, you know, I'm tired of them. I'm, it's a mountain that we need to climb. I'm tired of it. And this is the team to do it. So yeah. I think that if they can beat SC, it, it puts them in position to go on a little mini run before they have Oregon and Washington. For and, sure. I mean, God, man. And that Arizona State game is only getting easier. What, they had their tight ends coach, wide receivers coach, and maybe a DB's coach get uh, placed on paid leave They're in week. trouble, bro. They are. I mean, it's, at this point, it just looks like they're going to roll with what they – I'm surprised they haven't just cleaned house yet. But the strategy just has to be, let's see if we can Poor make it through Herm. the season. We have a talented team, and you lost a couple low-level assistants – going to start losing coordinators at some point well, it, going to lose Herm at some point the players have to know the writing's on the wall it is you can be a great player there but if you have some high school coach in Arizona coaching your team at the end of the year you're in trouble <laughs> but the, the thing is with college when that happens in a college environment when you lose institutional control mm-hmm. you have a bunch of 18 19 and 20 year old psychopaths that you're trying to keep a hold of who don't understand how to how to act like a pro and yeah. aren't in the film room for 40 hours a week yep. and have a 20 hour rule and have to go to class on top of it and you're now asking like a graduate assistant to overlook a group of <laughs> players and it doesn't happen like that bro yeah. like i'll laugh the graduate assistant out the room but coach wilson walks in and says something and i'm like yes sir gotcha <laughs> so it it's i think arizona state although it is a it look arizona state season could be over by this point there's they a could, real chance. They could be 0 and 3 and like wondering what the hell's going on. Who yep. did we just hire? Yeah. I feel bad for Herm. He was my coach when I was a rookie, and I was really hoping he could turn it around That's down right. there. And uh it he didn't. This is huh. bad. Like what's going on down there and their their direct defiance towards like health code? And that's the big Dog, issue. Is it's like, it's health code on, too. Come on, man. Like that would be like when they shut down businesses, I just stayed open and started running like spin class, <laughs> and and sitting there like, look what we're doing, and then be like, no, I didn't do that. So I, I think that everybody, does. I don't see how any of them keep their job. I don't think so either. How? I think I think the question is just how long they can hold on, and can they? What keep- are they holding on to? If I'm Arizona State, they better figure this out quick. I, I mean, bro, just fire everyone and take the L. But they didn't do that. Like, like they should well, they have done own, that. They own the money ago. anyway, so you might I as guess. well let them coach. I Whoever's guess. still there, let them coach. I mean, you're make you're talking me into this two and zero start in the Pac-12. More and more, we talk <laughs> about this. So I know. Look, if they can start four and one, and the only loss is to a top five ranked A and M team, mm-hmm. I, I can live with that, and that puts For us sure. in position. Who, who's after SC? So then you're home against Arizona. When on, on the road at Cal. You'd like to think that's a win. You'd but like to. It, they're tough. It, they it, got good defense. It's, and, and it's just something about Cal and CU. Oh, they always have crazy games. Interesting. But then, I mean, if you're able to, to win those, you're 4-0 in the Pac-12. You have wins over the what I think are probably the two best teams in the Pac-12 South. That's a really good position to be in. After that, though, you go to Oregon. That's a loss. 
If, if things, that if you're hot, that a loss. Uh, I mean, you just look at the talent. You look at the size. They've got Kayvon Thibodeau, duh, the, the yeah, they're linebackers. Good. They're real good. They're good. I will say, if you're sitting there at four and zero, I'm not going to be saying it's a loss then. If they're five and one and they are going to Oregon ranked, we're hyped. Then anybody can win that game. As of today, I'm saying. I'm giving that one to Oregon. Look, if Oregon wants to win that game, we can get them in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. I'll switch it. For sure. And and the good thing is, you know, like I said, you have the win over Arizona State. You have the win over USC. You don't want to lose games, but you can afford to drop the game at Oregon. And, look, I, I'm sitting here as a CU homer. Of course I'm going to beat yep. the table that they're going to win these games. But I, <laughs> I'm a realist, too. Mm-hmm. And I really think that they have the talent level on the team. From an NFL player perspective, that's how I gauge college yep. talent to win football games. And people that like just read publications or like listen to College Football Live, yep, you're not going to get that kind of information about CU. That I would I would guess that by the time they win Washington, that in Oregon, uh, Oregon State, Washington, right? Oregon, Oregon State at UCLA, at UCLA. Washington. Okay, so, the so U- Oregon the, State, UCLA. I think those are wins. UCLA being tougher, but the Oregon, the Oregon State game is a must-win. Absolutely, especially Regardless with of your situation. old quarterback coming back. I don't care if we haven't won a game all year. That's a must-win. Mm-hmm. And then UCLA, that's the that's the the like slip up game right before they come back and yep. play Washington at home. Who knows what so, UCLA is going to be this year anyway. And, and UCLA could have beat us last year. That was 45-42. We couldn't stop a nosebleed in that game. So, again, I, I met with their whole staff this summer up okay. in Fort Collins. I had a 25-minute conversation with with, uh, with Chip Kelly yep. and Justin Fry. Their OC is a really good friend of mine. And they're, they feel pretty good. They've got a That's really, it. really good quarterback. And, so, they got some. He they got the some ball dudes. Over, yeah, but it, you're gonna turn the ball over as a young cat. That look. Yeah. What you see from one. What was it? Denard Robinson's name. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. What you see from him is what you're going to see from Lewis this year. Probably. What you've seen from him is trying to mature into a college quarterback. Yeah, I wonder what the size difference is. And I didn't bring this up earlier when we were talking about him, but Brendan has gotten a lot bigger. He oh, looks like put, a man. He's now. put weight on. Yeah, he he looks totally different. It looks like he can take the beating, and he's gonna. Yeah. He's look. You're gonna take one because he's gonna run the ball. Just the baby fat is off his face. Yeah, Brendan does have two inches on DTR. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, last topic uh, to to close yeah. this out. How many wins does it take to be a good season? Is bowl eligibility? Are you looking at eight? If they don't make a bowl game, I'm gonna be the worst Christmas guest ever. <laughs> because I've I've watched them go five and seven for three straight years. Yep, and it's eating it's like eating me alive. Because I want the Broncos to win and shit, and I want the Jets to win, but the Buffs is where it's at for me. That's my lifeblood when it comes to sports. Yep. So I, I, I would say that anything less than eight wins is a is a not a good season. I'd like to hear it. Sportsbooks say the line is four and a half. We're taking oh, the over. I'm taking the over on that all day, man. I mean, come on. That's that's ridiculous. I four and a half too. wins with that veteran of a team. It's that's crazy. like giving me money. It is. Thank you, DraftKings. All right. We'll <laughs> save we'll save the Shanturley talk for next week. Okay, cool. Uh, I actually so had a really good talk with them up there at uh at bet. senior day, so or at yeah. junior day. So I'll uh, you know, I'll inform everybody next week on Tuesday. I'm excited. You know, we talked about Stanford earlier, how that's a tough team to beat physically. He's and a big reason he, for that. He does he does it right and what I hear from the players too is very, very good. So Me they're too. they're happy with it as well. It's it's a little bit of a different philosophy. So we'll jump into that next week. We will jump into that next week. Go Thanks buffs. for doing this. Yeah, man. Uh, for all Thanks you guys for listening me. out there. 
uh, definitely, first of all, check out all of uh, the stuff that Matt's doing, whether it's you know going to six zero, the if you're interested in football, those sorts of things. Uh, but also listen to the uh, the McChesney Unchained, watch yes, Turning sir. Point. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And also, if you want more notes from practice, head over to thedmvr.com. Some notes from today, including Jack Lamb, transfer linebacker from Notre Dame. Nice, big pick on a third down. Good. So the, the better we can play at the second level, the better because Lamman and Van Deese, they're not going to be able to take every snap. All well, right. Nate is, but well, Nate is. Nate we'll and see. Nate will yeah. be. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate will. <laughs> That's it for today. Uh, thanks again for doing this, and we'll see you next week. Go, Buffs.